The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. Good to be talking with you, James. We're going to be talking about some hot hitters in the minor leagues. Uh, some guys making waves. Certainly, we'll have our latest picks in the walk-up song draft, which I was just, you know, trying to figure out before the show. Tough decision every week to. Uh, Pick a good one that's not also not too commercial, too well known. Got to be a little unique with it. James, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I mean, I I never mind going with a, a commercial jam on the the walk up track, but uh, yeah, I went with bling bling, but I can't go can't go too far in that direction. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want them to really pile up in there. Because I was actually thinking about I'm a Thug by Trick Daddy. But then I thought that was on my commercial jams list, and I think it's just swinging too far in that direction, that commercial direction. But, um, James, can you tell me a little bit about this Bobby Witt thing last night? Am I going crazy? Because I, I could have swore I saw him touch home plate twice when he crossed home plate. Um, Dude, that was wacky. That, that umpire – he was so excited to rule Bobby Witt out on that. Yeah, I noticed that. At home run. Like, like it was like the highlight of his night was getting to <laughs> rule Bobby Witt out when they. You think it was just it an up show? Like, like, he thought we, they wouldn't have a good enough camera angle to sh- know that he was full of crap. Like, he was just I totally ump showing it. it. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was it was a cop move, kind of. Um, it was a PD maneuver. And I. I I just think it's worth it's worth pointing that out um, that he like he's been just on a tear. Obviously, uh, eight home runs in his last, uh, or actually nine home runs in his last fifteen games, but it should have been ten. So I think it's just worth if you, if you're like looking at his stats, just know that there should have been an extra home run in there. So it officially counted as what a triple and an out, triple and an out, yeah, yeah. But even so, he's batting three eleven. 377, 803 with nine homers, two bags, 
K Ray's still pretty high, but do you see them moving him up to triple A? I know there's those differences in protocols that you've alluded to, but uh, I think it's about time to start getting him acclimated at that level. I think they, they will, uh, because I, I do still think the Royals are very open to wit uh, playing a role for them down the stretch. I mean, this is a team that might be, you know, they're not, they're not going to win the world series this year, but they, you know, they could be a, a wild card team and that'd be a little bit ahead of schedule. And I think that they'd be open to, to giving wit a shot like this. I don't think they're dead set on like we have to maximize and get the maximum number of days of team control as we possibly can with this guy. Like I think that they're going to, they're going to do right by him if there's a a spot uh, for him to play every day and he's big league ready. I I don't think they're going to just keep him in the minors for two or three months uh, if he doesn't need to be there, but he does need to go to triple a, I think, and kind of, you know, work on the the pitch recognition, the the contact skills because he's. I, I just don't think you could expect him to hit for high average against big league pitching right now. Uh, I think the power, I think that'll that'll play no matter what. But um, I do expect him to probably get the bump up to AAA here before the All Star break. Yeah, Bobby Wood Jr.'s on a tear, and I think he's ready for that next challenge. I wonder if that ump. Because it did look to me pretty clearly like he stepped on the base or well, home plate not once but twice. I wonder if he was the guy behind home plate for Wits like three homer game and he didn't like his attitude. <laughs> you know, like it was just he's too cocky. Yeah, just taking it up upon himself to to police that uh, show of and emotion. Worth worth noting that same thing happened to Brian Hayes in a, in a big that. league game. That wasn't home plate. I think that was first. And he play, actually but. did miss the the bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike, I mean, from what I could tell, again, Witt did not miss the bat. Uh, so it should be, yeah, 10 homers over his last 15 games. Another guy hot right now, top prospect, Adley Rutschman, as you note in our outline here, James, hitting 378, 478, 757, uh, more walks than Ks at double A. It's, it's unfortunate. That's over, that's over his last 10 games, I should say. Oh, okay. Did I, I don't know what I said, but sorry, that's what I meant. Um, it's unfortunate because unlike Witt, it seems like he's probably, you know, even if, if he kicks the door down, which he's doing, um, there's another door <laughs> just slamming in front of him because um, he's doing the heavy lifting, but it's hard to see him really forcing their hand, even though it seems like he's doing that, but the, there's just no public pressure uh, that, that really gets to these front offices anymore. Well, I just I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the Royals handle Wit and how that compares to how the Orioles handle Adley because, you know, Rutschman's three years older than Wit, and I think more clearly ready for a bump up. Like, Rutschman's ready for the majors, I think, right now. And this isn't a matter of his defense behind the plate needing to improve or, or anything like that. Uh, so if we see Bobby Witt get bumped up to AAA as a 20-year-old before Adley Rutschman gets bumped up to AAA as a 23-year-old and Rutschman's playing better and has even more pedigree, uh, I just think that that'd be a pretty big indictment in terms of just how um, the Orioles are manipulating his service time here because 
I think part of their plan is just keep him at double A as long as possible because if you bump him up to triple A too early, that just gives him a big runway to show how ready he is for the majors. Whereas if if you only bump him up to triple A with a couple months left in the season, then they're just you, you're not going to have that you know weeks long um, calls from the fan base. Like I mean, I'm sure the fan base already wants him up and everything, but uh, I just don't like. I was talking with. Chris listened about this on the radio show earlier today and why, why not just come to some sort of agreement on a eight, nine, 10 year deal with Adley Rutschman, where you basically just buy out his entire prime and you pay him fairly. And he's the type of guy where like all we ever hear is just how good his makeup is, how good his work ethic is, how good he is with pitchers, how good his leadership skills are. Um, it just, it seems like a bad, like philosophically, it just seems like a bad move to really mess around with his service time in this manner. And you could just, you could have the best of both worlds if you, if you can get to get him to agree to a long-term deal. Um, because then he could be up right now. He could start working with those pitchers on the big league staff right now. He could get, uh, his reps in against big league uh, pitching so that he's even more ready uh, in those years where you're trying to compete. So I, I just think it's, uh, I'm interested to see what happens with these two guys, because I think it could be kind of a one front office valuing one thing and the other front office valuing another thing. Yeah, man. I, you know, there've been some pretty big prospect busts so far this year. Obviously Kelnick, I got to raise my hand and apologize. Cause I thought he was ready. I thought he might, was ready to be one of their best hitters right away. And blown up most recently Jackson Cower it's been ugly and so I you know I'm hesitant now to you know I guess be too aggressive with these calls for promotion but at the same time we talked about guys like Acuna Chris Bryan but even Glaber Torres Bo Bichette we've seen some guys come up and have really big impacts so this work you do James in, se- in season long and in dynasty it's just invaluable. So you have to know these guys. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Um, Rutschman, again, I'm not going to say like, oh, you got to call this guy up this year, but um, I think his talent would dictate a promotion this year. Any chance that actually happens? Because if uh, I'm thinking think, about it, and I think it's like 0%. Uh, I think it's like a 10% chance. 10%. Um, but I would bet it. I, yeah, I would strongly bet against it. I, I don't want to say anything um, definitive there, but it's a very difficult just, game, though. I also just my definition of like a but like I just don't view when a prospect struggles in his first like sixty plate appearances. That's just not a bust to me. That's just yeah, yeah. what it is. What it is when a when a starting pitcher really struggles with his command in his big league debut. That's not. That's just. It's a blip on the radar to me. Yeah, I just, you know, it is hard to have a lot of success right away. And um, there have been guys who have, though, and have carried carried teams to fantasy championships. And you, you want to know these guys, but, yeah, it doesn't always work out. I'm a little nervous about Manoa tonight, to be honest with you, James. I actually traded Manoa in Staff Keeper League to our buddy Eric Segrist. I sold high on him and Jazz. I'm going to try to make a run for it this year. I think uh, Ryan Roof just can't coast to another title. I can't let him do it. So uh, putting the pressure on him. Got uh, traded Manoa and 
Manoa and Jazz, but got Albies, Castellanos, and India. So two Reds plus Albies. Go Reds. Uh, James, Nick Prado has a 42% hard hit rated double A. Now, we've talked a lot about how StatCast and some of those numbers more descriptive than predictive. It's, it's a nice way of describing what he's done on the field so far at AA. But um, are you putting stock into that hard hit rate? Are you bumping Nick Prado up your rankings? If so, how much? Well, the we actually haven't done a podcast since my rankings update went live. But um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, that, thanks that to Ian Khan for stepping in. Some good show last week with him. That was good stuff. Well, thanks. That those those went up uh, towards the end of last week. If you missed out on that, uh, Prado's up to number forty-five overall on the top four hundred. And I'm just, you know, I'm wondering if maybe I didn't bump him up enough. I I was mostly just noting his hard hit rate as kind of like a, you know, we we have those stats on the site. So if you're unaware of those, you can check those out under uh, MLB uh, uh, or MILB batted ball stats under the prospects tab on, on rotowire.com. And it's, it's just, you'll see certain guys that are having really good starts and you'll go and look at their hard hit rate. And it's maybe it's a little underwhelming. It's not what you thought it would be, but with Prado, it, it aligns with his traditional box score stats where he's hitting 320, 465, 711, 10 home runs, five steals in 28 games at double a he's, he's 22 years old. So age appropriate and uh, walking is almost as much as he's striking out, obviously hitting the ball very hard. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to push him, you know, significantly higher. And it was a huge jump up for him because I think he was coming from maybe around 200, maybe just outside the top 200 uh, entering the season. So I didn't uh, want to just go super out of control and and give him just a, a massive, massive bump into like the top 25 just yet. But, um, you know, I think like Spencer Torkelson is is the best first base prospect in the minors. Tristan Casas is right behind him. Uh, I think that that's a, a pretty clear top two. But I don't know if Prado's that much – further behind those guys like i think he he might be uh unless i'm forgetting someone he might be just a a a rock solid lock it in number three first base prospect in the minors right now um michael bush will probably play some first base when he gets when he gets up but uh he's gonna move around a little bit but yeah i mean prado i think uh now is the time to maybe try to buy high on him like I, I was doing a, a dynasty mock uh, that I've been doing since Memorial Day, and I ended up with him there in the mid 300s of that uh, startup dynasty mock. So, I mean, I think the market may not have fully caught up to, to just exactly how impressive Prado's been this year, and I'm I'm buying in. I I want to see a little bit more before I bump him up into like the top 30, top 20, but. Uh, that's that's sort of the direction he's headed. Very nice, exciting uh, times for Nick Prado, and see, uh, yeah, I noticed. You know, obviously, I've been reviewing your your uh, 
prospect update. And I got an early preview of it, but I need to really dive in because I got to start making some moves. You know, I'm not a huge trader anymore, but that trade with Seegers kind of got my my trade blood flowing. And no, Ryan Roof, I will not just let you coast. He commented in the chat that we should just I should just let him coast. I cannot do that. Uh, Cade Cavalli closing in on being a top five pitching prospect. What ha- about Cade Cavalli has caught your attention and has him rising up your ranks? He he just you know he's. Um... There's a lot of confirmation bias here because I was really high on Cavalli coming into the year, but I just, I think it's just worth talking about him briefly because he doesn't necessarily get mentioned in that same breath as like Grayson Rodriguez and Max Meyer. Uh, I think he, I think he needs to be, I mean, he's, he's closer to Max Meyer in terms of pitchers from that absolutely loaded 2020 draft class, uh, the college arms in that draft class is kind of historically good. He's closer to Max Meyer uh, as being the top guy from that class than he is to being the third or fourth guy with like Asa Lacey and Emerson Hancock. Like I think uh, the nationals really got a steal getting Cavalli with the 22nd pick. Uh, his command has been, his commands maybe been better than, than expected. Um, granted he's at high a double a will be a, a really big test. I think he's going to get that test sooner than later. Uh, but I mean, he's just got, he's got a, such a deep repertoire. Uh, he looks the part, he's got that size, uh, six, four, two thirty. Uh, he's good at generating weak contact. Um, just big, big up arrow on Kate Cavalli. I uh, know he doesn't have the double up arrows because he was already ranked very highly, but um, he's he's closing in on being a top five pitching prospect in the game. Completely unrelated, but were you a little surprised to see uh, Kingery DFA'd? I mean, I really—I mean, he was down in the minors. I wasn't that surprised, but it just was not that long ago when he was a top. I mean, he was never a top prospect on your list. I could probably find out his exact ranking, but. Um, well, wide span in Major League Baseball, you just you run out of time quick, man. I mean, there was a time I, like him and I would always have him and like Garrett Hampson ranked pretty closely to each other back back in the day. Um, they were like you know inside the top fifty guys that you thought could be power speed. Um, and I'm not I'm not surprised to answer your question. I mean, he's been terrible for a long time mm-hmm. now, and uh, you just want to get that 40 man roster spot, right? Like, I mean, that's that's more like if you just think he's basically a lost cause at this point, like the sunk cost fallacy. You shouldn't just carry him just because you gave him that extension. You should give that 40 man roster spot to someone else. So uh, I totally understand that. Um, I mean, I wonder. Like I, it, we're a long ways away from him stacking up this many plate appearances of, of being uh, awful. But like Evan White's another guy who got a a long term extension. Um, and these are like Scott Kingery and Evan White. These weren't like Adley Rutschman, uh, Luis R- Robert type of prospects where it seemed like a absolute no doubt thing where they were going to be franchise cornerstones. These were kind of 
top 50, um, you know, guys in the sort of 25 to 50 range in terms of prospects at the peak of their value and their teams. Uh, like I, I remember when those comments came out from the Mariners guy who got, who uh, lost his job, like they were super excited that they got Evan White to take that contract extension and the other Mariners prospects and players were mad at him for taking it. Right. And now it's, I, I don't know if there's any sort of cause and effect there of those guys getting that long-term security and then uh, failing to live up to those expectations. But um, yeah, it's been really rough for, for Evan White so far this year too. Yeah. And another guy who didn't sign a long-term deal, but maybe on a similar path, Carter Keyboom. And last we heard he was making progress with his swing, but he's still MIA and you just never know it's with these guys, but, that's the thing. It's there's definitely a difference between those like top five on a list or any list in any given year and and the six through fifty. It's, it's really hard to make it in major league baseball. You should never like if you're competing for your dynasty league this year, or your keeper league or whatever. You should never not do a trade that's going to make you better and give you a chance to win your league over a non elite prospect like. That I mean, obviously, you want to negotiate as best you can. You don't want to just take whatever offers offered you, but you shouldn't be like, "Oh man, I I just can't trade Brandon Marsh. Like I, I can't risk giving up Brandon Marsh or Jordan Groshans or Drew Waters or whoever it is." Like that that shouldn't be the sticking point that gets in the way of you winning your title because uh, the the level of certainty from like a, a top five prospect, top ten prospect. Uh, top 15 prospect versus those guys in the 30s 40s 50s 60s like it's just a gigantic cliff of a drop-off um in terms of the caliber of player you're talking about more shoulder trouble for brandon marsh and you mentioned earlier like you can't label a guy like kelnick a bust after however 100 at bats or whatever he's had um and that's true and i don't think kelnick's gonna be a bust but it was just a painful reminder of how difficult this game is. I, I told somebody at the company not to drop Kelnick uh, in one of their cut cut line. I did the Raz Slam, and they yeah, I think that's cut line. Um, told him to to hang on. It's just you know he could come up have a nice second half, but um, I was so sure he was ready to hit the ground running, and it's just never that. It's not always that simple. Even though we've been, I was maybe a little. Um, spoiled by these top prospects in recent years. Even in the, the TGFBI year where I won, it was Bueller and Flaherty who were both prospects. So maybe I just fell in love a little too much, Jane. Your prospect list is too good, perhaps. Um, but George Valera finally returned. Um, only 20 years old, and I'm taking a look at his uh, game log right now, see what he's been doing. Uh, so he... First game since May 12th, he returned and hit a homer, five total bases, a walk as well. Was caught stealing, but um, good to see George Valera healthy again. And you know he could, uh, you think he could move a rung or two on the ladder this year? Um, yeah, I mean I think Valera just looked incredibly impressive with that that home run last night. He's so strong and. Um, really physically mature for his age. I 
don't, I know he attempted a steal last night. I don't think that's going to be a big part of his game. Um, it's just going to be all about the bat, all about the power. And he might be someone worth kicking the tires on as someone to trade for right now, just because his season line is, is not looking that great. And he missed that time, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just awesome to see that he's back healthy and, and was producing last night. Let's real quick throw to a word from our sponsors. And I will go back and splice those in as we continue on here, James. Oswald Peraza joins C.J. Abrams and Riley Green as age 20 hitters at double-A. Uh, you think he's ready for this? Is this uh, a little more aggressive than you'd expect? No, I just I think it, that's that's pretty elite company. Um, I guess Bobby Witt's still technically 20, and Peraza turns 21 here um, pretty soon too, but it's it's really just the the best of the best are the – 20 year old hitting prospects who their teams sent to double a, especially this year where you've just got a lot of teams sending their guys to really sort of soft landing spots that are just going to let them kind of hit the ground running. If you're sending a 20 year old hitter to double a, I mean, that's, that says a lot. Um, and he's, he's not the same caliber prospect as as those guys riley green's just been incredibly impressive um so far this year at double a uh given his age and his experience and same with abram same with wit but um peraza peraza's gonna strike out less than than wit and in green probably and he's got uh, a ton of speed he's gonna play good defense at shortstop. I'm sure the Yankees fans can't wait to get a shortstop up. Who's going to play good defense for them. And uh, I'm the one thing to look for with him, especially now that he's gotten this bump up is just what, what, what type of power are we talking about with Oswald Peraza? Because he hit the five homers in 28 games at high A, but I think those all came um, early in the year and he hasn't hit, as, for as much power of late and he didn't hit for a ton of power before that uh certainly a a good prospect someone who's borderline top 50 prospect for me at this point but i'm um, just really interested to see because that that bump from high a to double a especially for a hitter like peraza who doesn't have uh, a track record of just doing a ton of damage at the plate i think it'll be uh, pretty telling just to sort of see where he's at now, Pedro Leon in the Houston Astros system, they kind of laid out their plan for him, and they've stuck to that. They said before the start of the season about 80% of his starts and his games would be at shortstop, the rest coming in center field, and indeed he made 20 starts at short, four appearances, three starts in center field. So, um, you know, that's kind of a – I wouldn't say a black hole for them at the big league level, but that is uh, – spot they could upgrade either via trade or maybe you think Leon, but it seems more like they're kind of grooming him to replace Correa next season. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that they would not try him out in center if his bat is ready this year. But I, I mostly just wanted to point out that, well, he hit two home runs last night. Um, just crazy bat speed. Like he, he's, um, 
got one of the quickest bats you'll see. I mean, it's most of the power is going to be to the pull side, but um, I, he's really heated up. He had a really rough start, which is not unusual for a guy. Like, I mean, it, it had been so long since he'd been um, playing regularly uh, in Cuba and he hadn't been facing this level of pitching really ever. So it wasn't surprising to see him get off to a, a slow start, but I do think it's very encouraging that he's heated up to the extent he has, uh, hitting 288, 382, 545 with four homers, two steals over his last 18 games, uh, striking out still uh, at, a, at a pretty high clip. But again, that that's not a huge red flag to me. It's, it's more important that he's doing damage and uh, getting on base. And I think if you look at his season line, He's a he might be the number one guy that I would try to quote unquote buy low on because I think he's just got a, a really, really high ceiling. And if he I, I think you'll see his production steadily get better, like with the approach, with the strikeouts, the more he gets sort of used to this level of pitching. Uh, I just think his his production is going to continue to to trend up. So that's that's a guy I would definitely um, and you can, you can maybe be sneaky about it too. Maybe he's like the second piece in a trade and you, you make it seem like you're going after one guy, but you're really trying to get Pedro Leona sort of like a throw in or something in the trade. I think that, that that'd be something worth exploring. Nice. This is the Rotowire prospect podcast sponsored by WinBet. Clay link here with James Anderson. Let's talk about some shallow dynasty league ads, James. Uh, John Kenzie Noel, love that name, J H O N K E N S Y. John Kenzie, uh, not a name I'm familiar with, but it sounds like one that I need to get familiar with. Yeah, he he suffered a sprained ankle um, the other day. Fortunately, it wasn't a fracture, but uh, prior to that, he had just been tearing up low A as a 19 year old and kind of living up to the, there, there were some pretty impressive reports on him from the AZL in 2019. And he's kind of picked up right where he left off. He's pretty aggressive, but I think he's got the, the power and the potential uh, to hit for a high enough average and everything to, to profile at the bottom of the defensive spectrum. So um, he's a guy where, you know, in, in deeper leagues, he's long gone, but in shallower leagues, he might still be out there. And I think he's, if not for that sprained ankle, he, he was on track to hit his way into the top 100. Uh, he might not return from that until after the draft, at which point there'll be another 60, 70 players added to the top 400. So maybe he won't get in there um, in the next month or so, but uh, you know, he's, he's definitely still trending up. Alec Burleson was a guy we talked about on XM last week on uh, farm Friday. Is he a top ad? If he's available, is he a must add? Yeah, because it's, it's really just all about the bat with him. Uh, he was a, a bat first player in the draft but he didn't really have a position and it was, it was kind of thought to be hit over power, but so far he's shown that he, he can get to enough power in games. Um, he's got seven homers across 
high A and double A this year. You always love those those guys that get the quick bump up, um, the quick vote of confidence from their team that they need to get more of a challenge. And that makes sense for him given that he's 22. But uh, again, this is a guy that really wasn't on the radar for most first-year player drafts and was readily available coming into the year this year. So in, in deep leagues, he's he's gone. But in shallow leagues, he should still be out there. Alec Burleson, check your waiver wire to see if he's out there. Sounds like if you can first come, first serve, or maybe this weekend, you'll want to rectify that if he's still out there. We want to thank those watching on Facebook and YouTube. But good God, James, I got to go get some sun after this. I'm looking like blue or something. <laughs> maybe it's just this undershirt, but um, not. I need to get some sun. Somebody's fair skinned as me. It's a fine line. I can't. Uh, I got burned through a shirt one year in Vegas. Uh, more shallow Dynasty League ads. Anthony Volpe, or is it Volpe? Uh, I'd imagine it's Volpe, but I, I'll ch- try to look that up. But um, What can you tell us about Anthony V here? Yeah, he was he's, – he's like a great example of a player who clearly – whatever he was doing during the shutdown and the the pandemic uh, he was working on his game and it's it showed up uh i mean the yankees now have a couple really exciting shortstop prospects uh on the march to the big leagues he's going to be probably two years behind peraza but uh at low a right now hitting for power uh showing off some speed He's got just as many walks as strikeouts. Um, you know, he's got a ton of pedigree. He was the first round pick in 2019. And I was pretty low on him uh, up until this year, just because I thought the bat was going to be too light. I didn't think, I, I don't know what he's grading out right now at as a runner. I mean, you can't really rely on minor league stolen base totals to, to tell you much of anything. But 14 steals is still 14 steals over 28 games. So at the very least, he's uh, – and he's only been caught twice. So um, he's doing something right in that regard and hitting for power. I mean, that that was kind of the big question for me. I, I was wondering if he was just going to be kind of like a, a Bryce Terang type of guy where um, you're just maybe getting a high batting average um, but not a ton else. Uh, but it, it seems like there might be some more juice there than that. So – uh, those Noel Burleson Volpe are three guys to just check on if you're in a shallow league. What about a little deeper, uh, Bailey Falter? Is he a guy who you know maybe if you're looking to churn that roster, take a flyer on Bailey Falter? Yeah, I added him everywhere I could uh, this past weekend. Um, He's already on the Phillies 40-man roster. I think he had to be added this past offseason. But, um, you know, he's been just lights out at AAA. Uh, added velocity um, in 2020. And he's still not – he's not, like, pumping gas. But uh, lefty with a low 90s fastball, uh, really solid slider. Uh, that he can get swings and misses on um, the changeup. We'll see if it's if it's good enough uh, to to get big league lineups to to turn over multiple times. But 
the fact that he's just been this good at AAA, he was already sort of a potential breakout guy heading into the year because of how he looked in the fall instructional league. But he's been better than anyone really could have expected at AAA. He's already he he pitched two innings in the majors before the AAA season started, so we know that he's an option for them. And I think if a rotation spot were to open up in Philly, uh, there's a chance that Falter could be a, a mixed league guy uh, later this summer. So um, doesn't I mean with these guys who kind of. Uh, go from just not on the radar at all like a year ago to all of a sudden they're putting up big numbers sometimes it just is nothing but sometimes it's like uh zach gallon or, or mike clevenger or something like that where these guys just kind of come out of nowhere on the pitching side and um really move the needle so i think if you if you've got the roster spots bailey falter is worth adding in in pretty much any format like he's He's a guy that's that might get rostered in our sixteen team stake league at some point here over the next month. Ooh, are you giving away trade secrets? Are you tipping <laughs> your hand a little bit? Because I'll be cutting um Brandon Marsh and I'm I'm in, in, the, in the market for a new stash. Yeah, um, I mean well, I'll probably uh, need some some big league help. Because I lost Ian Kennedy in that league, it's and we lost him too in uh the main, man. That's a bummer. That that is a bummer. Um, Somebody asked me too about keeping him in cut line, and I said yes. And then <laughs> the next day he's on the IL. But uh, yeah, well, I you think could you Kennedy could, comes back and gets traded probably. If you're looking to replace Brandon Marsh, um, I would just grab Josh Lowe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I actually probably do need a big league player. Um, is it available now if I need him? Uh, we'll see that I see you're in second place in stake. I am fifth right now, so uh, tough league trying to make a push. But uh, thankfully, this was one league where I did not have Kelnick, so I had to eat that. I mean, oh, for was he like oh, for 36 before he got sent down? It had to happen, but uh, and he admitted he was pressing Kelnick, but uh. Yeah, stake league fab. This is this is this is the last week that I'm going to allow you to riff on Kelnick um, on the show. Oh, look, I love I love Kelnick. I'm just look. It was not a pretty debut, but I'm not thinking it's like a Carter Keyboom sign of things to come. Caden Polkovich, Polkovic. I'm going to have to figure these names out. I probably will in time if they keep making waves. But uh, Polkovich. Here is really is a sports info solutions darling, as you label him. Here, James, what can you tell us about him? Well, I say that like you know we talk about Statcast darlings. Well, our our minor league batted ball data comes from sports info solutions, um, <clears throat> and you know it's it's not uh, as scientific as uh, baseball savant where it's tracked um, 100% by uh, technology. There is some, some human error involved uh, with the SIS data, but it's certainly much better than nothing and uh, I would say more reliable than not. I mean, it, it does check out. It does pass the sniff test when you look at who's ahead on these leaderboards. And 
Uh, Polkovich has a 53% hard hit rate right now at high A. And sometimes you'll see guys with the, the really high hard hit rate. And then you look at their like actual production and it's like, they're, they're basically like never getting a hit. Um, but he's really performing too. He's got an 886 OPS at high A and, uh, I think Eric Longenhagen threw like a Ian Happ comp on, on him uh, or maybe like a Ian Happ light type of comp on him just because of how hard he swings. And so I, you know, not a guy that I put inside the top 200, but for those in deeper leagues, if, if you don't want to mess around with Bailey Falter because he's a pitcher or whatever, and you're just looking for a hitter, uh, Polkovich is 22 and he's at high A. So he's, he's a little old for the level, but, when he's hitting the ball that hard, he's he's got some speed too. Uh, he's walking uh, at a thirteen percent clip. I mean, I think there's there's something there. Nice, yeah. We love having that sports info solution data on our site, and even though there will be some human errors you alluded to involved in there, and as we said, sometimes those numbers don't really tell us much of what's to come. They're not necessarily predictive it's still just another tool in the toolbox and um another way to turn over stones and look for for sleepers so that's fantastic 53.3 percent just seems that's like edwin rios levels um sucks that edwin rios is out for the year uh, but i'll keep an eye on Caden polkovich post-hype sleeper here james you say joe gray boring name but not a boring prospect yeah, uh, some some Brewers talk to close out the show. Um, I went in depth on Joe Gray and on uh, the uh, Milwaukee's Tailgate podcast that I do for uh, Patreon subscribers. There, you can check that out uh, if you want more on Brewers prospects. But uh, Joe Gray was seen as just one of those power speed lottery tickets when the the Brewers took him out of high school in 2018 in the the second round 60th overall pick um he never hit above 182 in uh pro ball prior to this year but he's just been arguably the best hitter at all of low a so far this year he's got 10 homers in 29 games six steals uh 12% walk rate he's and it's it's just super easy power to like he's he's really dialed in like it's just no doubt stuff and he's starting to really swag out he's he's starting to toss the bat and um he's going to get the bump up to high A here pretty soon because he is 21 and they're going to want to challenge him a little bit but uh if you uh, I, I bet Joe Gray's available in most of your dynasty leagues so uh, that's a, a guy to go grab if the rest of these guys we've been talking about are, are long gone. Very nice, man. We appreciate it. Sonny Gray just landed on the IL, by the way. That's a bummer. Um, doubt we see Lodolo or anybody like that. But uh, In fact, they, they already made it. I think it was Art Warren, somebody they called up. But, uh, yeah, that's a big blow to the, the ready. James, anything else prospect-related you've got on your mind? Nope. Oh, I'm all good. Well, let's get into our hip hop. Again, not necessarily hip hop, our walk up song draft. I'm still waiting to 
potentially in- incorporated non hip hop song, but um, James, why don't you go first this week? Unless it's my turn, I don't. Uh, I'll go with uh, Inspect a Deck track, um, mm. Rec Room, R.E.C. Room, and it's uh, just uh, one of my favorite Rizza beats out there. And uh, maybe, maybe we go instrumental on it, maybe we don't, but uh, it's going to get me hyped up. I love that. I'm going with this track from mystical now this is not an endorsement of the man saw some youtube comments made me think he maybe has done some shady stuff but i don't know any of these people personally so just basing this off just the song and uh mystical is pretty underrated just as a just a hip-hop artist i'd say i'm gonna go with mystical here i go and i was thinking about doing the man right you the man right cheer. But I think in Here We Go, he actually says that, and that's where that originated. But uh, Here I Go is a really good song. He's got a very unique style. And I'm a sucker for a guy with a, kind of a unique flow, uh, a guy who's just a little, little out there. And uh, Mystical, underrated member of that No Limit Soldier contingent. Yeah, man. I mean, he was, he was a big thing there for a while. Um I feel like we can feel pretty good about these two selections not being too mainstream. We can we can go with a, a radio hit maybe in in a future week if we if we need to. Yeah, I like going to that well occasionally, but just not too much. You know, I think I already had to rock Wilder. Just a lot of overlap with the commercial jams, and you want to. I don't know. When you walk up, you want to have something that's maybe a little unique to you, and that you maybe have some some personal history with. I know we're running a little short on the show today, but I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world, James. Um, I think you provided a lot of good info in this 45 minutes, roughly. Um, we'll have, we'll be back again next week. And yeah, then I think on yeah June, let me double check this, June 25th, there will be a sub on the uh, Friday pod with Zola. I wanted to thank Ian Khan again for, filling in last week great show with him go back and check it out if you missed it you guys reviewing your your dynasty updates and now your latest prospect update up at rotowire.com as well james thanks so much thank you all for listening to the rotowire prospect podcast sponsored by winbet catch you next week
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.